Welcome to Right Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor, Charles Hack. He is the author of the debut novel, Into the Darkness. I can't wait to tell you more about this story. If you like your sci-fi and your space opera exciting, full of adventure and wonderful world building, this is the book for you. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy of Into the Darkness today. This book is available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Go ahead, get your copy today. I want to thank you all for your support of my newest release, A Chance for Genevieve. It's available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Make sure you go ahead, pick up your copy today. Your response has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for the encouragement. I want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink subscribe button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so... Without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest co-host and contributor today, Charles Hack. Charles, how are you doing today? Well, hello. I'd say good morning because I'm on the West Coast down here. So glad to be here with you today. And before we get started with our interview, I definitely want to thank J.L. Patterson for the connection between myself and Charles Hack. J.L., thank you so much. Charles, you want to talk to him too? Yeah, I love JL. I uh, knew this guy for a long time. He was a, uh, a great uh, encouragement and friend, and we're still in contact. And so I uh, look forward to hearing from him soon. And I am so glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to be here with me today. I never take it lightly. So thanks so much for being here. I cannot wait to tell our listeners about your book, Into the Darkness. This book is a wonderful sci-fi book, and I can't wait for them to know more about it. But before I do that, I want to know more about you. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a, as I said, West Coast guy, born in San Diego. I've spent most of my life in uh, Northern Nevada, and I went to school for engineering and worked as an engineer for many years, and became a Christian while I was in college. And God started doing some pretty significant things in my life, and uh, eventually I ended up leaving engineering and went into full time ministry. Got a seminary degree on top of my engineering degree, and and now I serve uh, as one of the pastors of our church here. And on the side, because I love it, I write and uh, am really enjoying uh, actually getting books out for people to read now rather than just doing it for fun at home. (laughs) 
as soon as you said you were an engineer, your book made complete sense because it reads very logically, very detailed. The information as it is revealed builds upon the next chapter and the next and the next. So yeah, I should have known there was a detailed analytical mind there. That's right. Yeah. Many years of training in that. And a lot of, you'll also notice uh, through time, there's, I did a lot of government engineering work, not working for the government, but as a, as a consultant to the government. So military specifically. So that stuff just sort of is part of my worldview and perspective. And the bureaucracy red tape must be interesting, too. There is a lot of bureaucracy in the book Into Darkness. So you told us about your seminary. Now, there have been people who say having a seminary degree does not matter as much as being led by the Lord. And I want to talk about this for a minute because I do believe that having a seminary degree is a good thing. However, there are people who don't have seminary degrees that are just as imbued with the Holy Spirit and wisdom from the Holy Spirit as well. I'd love your take on that. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I wouldn't disagree with that. So what the reason I have a seminary degree and what I did was a what we would call a ministerial academy is a better description. It's a smaller school, non-accredited, that's run by pastors of other churches that have maybe PhDs or bigger seminary degrees, but but we will learn under those guys. And so the program I got was a uh, specifically a systematic theology degree to help me with preaching and theological teaching and things. So it was basically just technical knowledge, biblical knowledge, historical, theological knowledge, but that doesn't make somebody a pastor. It doesn't make them a minister. The only way anybody's ever a minister is if God calls them and equips them by his Holy Spirit. So so the seminary program simply provides additional academic knowledge and maybe some techniques for study and so on. So uh, we have uh, three pastors here and two of us have, you know, some sort of formal program degree while the other does not. And we share the load equally. Let's shift the conversation because your book, Into Darkness, doesn't have any overt Christian themes. There is a moral good and evil set of standards, but you're really writing this story to reach those who'd like to read the things that you'd like to read. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the I have a real hard time with uh, mixing my Christian faith with sci-fi and space. I think you become a heretic really quickly. <laughs> so I, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. But I wanted to write a story for guys like me who wanted a cleaner, thriller, uh, military, political without as much of the R-rated stuff that you'd find in the commonly in the secular market, but not overtly like heavy Christian gospel themes either. So so this book deals with things like relationships. It deals with loss and, and heartache and pain. It deals with friendship. It deals with uh, good versus evil and even the evil that's found within sort of the bureaucracy and those things you mentioned earlier. And so we can actually communicate a lot of gospel truth through character interaction and things that are going on just by the nature of relationships and stuff. So that's, that stuff's in there and, and flows through as part of the story because I wanted it to be real people or feel like real people who you know and are you're struggling alongside them as they go on this adventure. And one thing about these real people is that they don't look like us. That's for sure. Some of them don't look like us at all. Some of them do. And one thing about sci-fi, which is one of the greatest vehicles that Christians can use to really 
explore various themes in the gospel is through sci-fi. I truly believe that for the bottom of my heart because science really helps us to understand the knowledge and the mind of God in small ways. And most people who listen to the show, you know, I've been talking a lot about the James A. Webb telescope and the things that we are discovering from that telescope. So now we have sci-fi and as our understanding of the universe begins to increase, so is our sci-fi. It's going to get better. We're going to have deeper thoughts and themes. Lots of good stuff happening there. Yeah, absolutely. And with your sci-fi, you introduce us to some of the alien races you created. But I would love to give some background on some of these alien races. So let's talk about your inspiration for Into Darkness. Where did the germ of this idea come from? Yeah, it's actually a kind of a crazy story. So I was writing a political thriller, just a modern day political thriller. And it had a military backstory, like a flashback for the main character. And the plot and the story wasn't working. And so I just made a decision to pluck one of the side characters out of the military flashback. And kind of on a whim, I threw him in space and started writing about it as a as a spacing and feeling a little bit like maybe I could write this to market a little more and and just work on something and and it, it didn't go great either actually it was it was sort of a, a flop the plot didn't go anywhere it didn't make sense and so i went on a third story essentially which is what into the darkness is it started out as a idea of a novella to try to flesh out some characters and think about it a little more and it it blew up into a a story that became quite meaningful to me actually and uh, the world just sort of unfolded on its own with with little effort. And that was pretty exciting because all of a sudden I found myself where I had to know what happened. I had to know the story and the character's journey. And and so we did that. And and the two main aliens that you would see in the beginning of the book in the first quarter, those were actually created by both of my children. I gave my daughter the task to create an alien princess and my son the task to create an alien pirate, basically. And they did an amazing job. And I kind of changed them up a little bit and they they're major parts of this story now. I love when authors include their family in their creative pursuits. I think it's really, really cool. And I wonder about her being a princess. And I can see that because she's very princessy. <laughs> she really is. She has the whole demeanor. She has the language. She even has that aristocratic bearing because when you are a princess, you are an aristocrat. I don't care if you're in a tribal kingdom or if you're in advanced civilization, you do have an aristocratic demeanor about you because you're a part of the elite. So I like that. So let's dig some more into this. Now you're working on Into Darkness, you're getting things together and you're saying this started out as a novella, now it's a big story. So now you see your book out there in the world ready for public consumption. What are you feeling? Yeah, great question. Um, I think some of it was everybody has that little bit of fear of, boy, are they going to hate it? You know, you, you do have that feeling of nobody's ever going to see it and they're going to hate it. But I also had, to be honest, I had a lot of excitement because I've been writing for a long time. I've been reading voraciously since high school and I couldn't wait. I thought this is a this is an interesting story. There's interesting characters here. I love it and couldn't wait to get in the hands of people. And uh, so I was very eager to do that. And I'm actually just as eager about uh, the follow on stories. This 
has the potential of being on the level of Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, Will of Time, all those big fantasies that has affected generations. It does have that potential. And I am hoping the Lord blesses you to have that type of fandom. We were talking before we started recording, dear listener, and I said, wouldn't you love if you were on some forum? They're talking about your book, United planetary government and they're talking about your aliens they're talking about your characters and they're arguing over origin stories and they're arguing over villains and stuff like that what author <laughs> wouldn't love that oh be amazing because you put so much of yourself into this story and there's such i love I, we call it chunky it's a very chunky book in a very good way so when you're reading it and i was telling this to Charles, I came out of an almost drunk stupor because some books can have you have what's called book drunk, where you're so immersed into the book that coming out of it, it's what's the word I want to use? It is very disoriented. Like, oh, I'm back home. (laughs) Even though you never left home, but you were traveling in the spaceship. For example, early on in the book, there's this really cool attack where this one alien race attacks another. And the way they describe it with the hologram is you see this tiny ship. It's not too big, but the tiny ship that bites into the hull and it attaches to it. And then they vacuum seal it because who wants to die (laughs) going out of the ship? There's another scene early in the book. They're on this planet, and the way the terrain of the planet is described is orange. The first thing you think about is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. <laughs> you know what I mean? The first thing you think about is that. But it's an elite squad of people, and they're fighting these fish-like people. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to know more about this conflict. Why are they are conflict? Why are they having problems? So those are the type of questions that you begin to answer as you read the story. But while you get caught up in this scenario, then you get back into this scenario. But it's not jarring at all. It's not disoriented. So anyone who likes their sci-fi hard and their their space operas intriguing with all that political intrigue that happens with uh, space operas, you'll definitely love Into the Darkness. Now, we've been talking a lot about the book, but people don't know what it's about. Go ahead and tell us what the book is about. The book is about primarily you're in the, you're close in with a group of military special force space soldiers, basically. There's a big giant spaceship, something like the Enterprise, kind of bigger, something kind of like you'd see in Star Wars, the big giant Imperial cruiser kind of stuff. And there's a, I was thinking all along, like, what if in Star Trek, there was actually like a group of Navy SEALs in space who would like, you know, go down to the planets and do secret black ops missions and such. And and that was a little bit of the development. So there's this, the space warfare group, they are something kind of like Delta Force, something like the Navy SEALs in far future. And that's your group that you're with. And the primary protagonist, Major Malcolm Lambert, he goes by Mac. So he's the primary point of view once the story gets going. But what ends up happening is the book opens with uh, every day in the life of the space warfare group. They're on a mission. They're they're dealing with typical mission stuff. And then coincidentally, somewhere else in the galaxy nearby is a an attack on a diplomat, this princess who's coming to, to meet with the United Planetary Government. And there's some political sort of cooperation intended there, sort of a UN diplomatic kind of feel. But 
there's also a secret mission. And what ends up happening is she goes missing and the, her spaceship is found basically floating dead in space. And they, the space warfare group who just got off this mission has to go in and figure out what's going on. And it unravels fairly quickly into a deeper, darker conspiracy. And you start to really question everybody. And it puts Mac, the main character, into a very difficult position that he actually may or may not survive through the story. So that's that's kind of a, a broad overview of, of the story. What were some of your influences when you were creating Into the Darkness? My primary influences in the book world would be guys like Tom Clancy, uh, Vince Flynn, those guys who wrote military political thrillers, Clive Cussler, even with the Dirk Pitt novels. Love those my whole life. That's that's what I've wanted to write all along. But I'm also heavily influenced by by Star Wars and things like the the Clone Wars series and and other Star Trek. I'm not as big a Star Trek fan, but but then on top of that, as like a third level, is I'm also a, a lover of fantasy novels and have been greatly influenced by Brandon Sanderson and Robert Jordan. And so there's this mixture of what's primarily a military political uh, thriller novel in space <laughs> with a multi-book story arc more similar to what a, a fantasy novel would have. So you really have a, a genre, you know, spans over a couple of genres. It's hard to pin down because it's not really hard sci-fi. It's not really space opera, but it's not really military thriller. It just kind of covers all those those genres because that's been my influence. And for whatever reason, that's the story that and the world that came out. And it's a lovely world. Like I said, it's very tactile, immersive, everything in between. And I experienced as I was getting ready to record our interview today when I had to leave book drunk. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm coming back to Earth. That's such a compliment. It's it's real, though. It's honestly real. I don't have to say anything I don't want to say on the show. So I always like to let our authors know I enjoyed your book and why I enjoyed it. So definitely pick up your copy of Into the Darkness, which is available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. So we're at the tail end of our conversation today, Charles. And I want to thank you so much for being with me. But before I do that, I do want to ask a couple of questions. The first question I wanted to ask you was, we talked about how this book isn't overtly Christian. And so my question that I love to ask authors is this, are you a Christian author or an author who is Christian? Yeah, I would say I'm an author who's a Christian. My Christian faith is everything to me. And I also love to write. And and so there, you'll see that in there, but I'm, I wouldn't say by any means that I'm a Christian author at this stage. And this book, it has all that wonderful world building detail, but what age bracket would you give your readers? Yeah, good question. Nobody's asked that. So I would say because the book is clean in the sense that there's no violent or I mean, there's no uh, language or profanity or sex in the book that teens, even, you know, a good reader that's, you know, a middle schooler who's a good reader, definitely teens. There is a lot of violence. It's it is a military book. There's a lot of a lot of violence, a lot of killing. There's some scenes of, you know, knife fights and things that get even more violent as the book goes on. So I would just caution any parents or young people there if violence is an issue. But really, you know, I, I think I think high schoolers will love it. And I think adults will love it. My I think the most I hear from are actually older women who have read the book and love it. <laughs> so like, well, there you go. 
see. You don't know who your readers are until you put it out there. Now, my favorite question I like to ask has to do with you as a creator. Who is the character that you hate to love and love to hate? In the book or just in general? In the book. Well, there's a character that shows up late in the book, and his name is Arthur Rust. And he is, you hate his guts. He's terrible, but you can't help but also to love him as a character because he's so flamboyant and obnoxious and big. He's just a huge personality, and he's arrogant and cocky, but he's also incredibly dangerous. And for whatever reason, he kind of just came out on his own, and I absolutely love him. Working on book two right now, and I open book two with some scenes, a chapter with him. And I even had to stop and say, man, am I reaching this character correctly? Because he he's so big in, in his personality that I had to, to sort of go back and rewrite the chapter to be more accurate to his personality. I don't know what it is about arrogant characters that we love who are relatable at the same time. They're not just arrogant. I'll give you an example, actually. Have you seen on Netflix the new movie Gray Man? With, um, oh gosh, the guy from Deadpool. <laughs> I can't think of the guy. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the bad guy, Lloyd, is played by Chris Evans, who's Captain America, right? And Lloyd, that character, Lloyd Evans, or Lloyd, what Chris Evans does is you absolutely hate him. Everything from his, that he's not wearing socks, his loafers, his, his mustache, his hair, everything, you just despise him. But he does so well to make the character so big and it almost steals the show, he, that character. So you hate him, but at the same time, you like want more of him because he's so amazing. And we're just drawn to those type of characters. I have no idea why most people are genuinely drawn to those type of characters. We just are. There's something inside of us that really admires people who, who don't really care what you think about them. They don't really care. And we admire that maybe because something latent inside of all of us wants to be accepted. But when we go against the flow, that's hard to do. And then you meet a character who not only goes against it, but doesn't care and wants to draw you along with them. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And you, you also want your antagonists, your bad guys, you want them to be colorful and not just this boring sort of evil, but, but actually something interesting that you can't wait to see that, that bad guy again. Exactly. I love it. Now, if people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you online? Yeah. So three places. Um, you'll find me very active on Facebook. Charles Hack Books is my uh, Facebook page. And then also on Instagram, uh, same thing, Charles Hack Books. And then I have a website, charleshack.com. You can email me there. Uh, I would also say that if you sign up for my email list on the website, you can get a free short story featuring the Space Warfare Group that's right there to download and give you a little free taste of the, uh, the world. So when can we expect book two? Book two, I'm thir as of this morning, I'm about 30,000 words in. So I've got a little ways to go still. But I'm aiming for a release in the spring. Uh, I would love it if we could get it out in March or uh, April at the latest. That's my, my goal right now. In the few moments we have left, go ahead and encourage those aspiring authors out there today. Yeah, I would say just write. You've got to sit down and you've got to write. It doesn't matter what you write. I think the way I started was writing scenes and things I could imagine. You know, you, you get a feel of something of a scene, maybe inspired by a movie or something you just saw. And you just sit down and write those things and do the dialogue and describe them. And, and those pretty much are, are nothing. They end up being just tossed or saved on your computer. But, but it builds those building blocks and those skills to, to put a story together. And, and writing every day 
for me has been a, a real blessing. It's a great hobby. It's even more fun than reading because now you're, you're so immersed in it that it far surpasses reading at this point in my life as exciting. So I would say get in a chair, find a spot, make it a priority and type like a crazy person and just enjoy it. Charles, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you for your time as well, Parker. It's great getting to know you. And we were talking today to Charles Hack. He is the author of the debut novel, Into the Darkness. Do you like sci-fi? Do you like space opera? Do you like adventure? This is the book for you. Make sure you go ahead, love on my brother, and get your copy of Into the Darkness today. You will not be disappointed. This has the potential to be as big as Star Trek, as big as Star Wars, and all those other nerdy series that we all grew up on. And I cannot wait to see what else we have stored for this universe that Charles has built. Maybe one day we'll have the Hackville universe. Who knows? We'll see. Looking forward to it, whatever comes. So thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.